Belief. Belief is an interesting thing. Some of our beliefs are very close to our hearts, untouchable, unchangeable. Some of our beliefs are more flexible, changing if you have some kind of evidence or experience that can convince you otherwise. Belief can be harmless and belief can be harmful. Belief can be truth and it can be myth. This week, we're going off format in the first of an intermittent series we are calling Myth Understood. Like misunderstood. Get it? Play on words. In which we explore commonly believed myths about different misunderstood animals and examine the truth behind the legends. This week, we focus on an animal that has been victim of superstition and fear for thousands of years. Despite what many believe, these creatures are extremely important to our everyday lives. Dollar for dollar, they are worth more than Elon Musk. They hold secrets of aging, rejuvenate the rainforest, and they're the most essential ingredient of a margarita. Stick around. I'm Devin. I'm Richard. And this is The Wildlife, a new podcast from thewildlife.blog. And this week, we want you to forget what you believe. Before we begin, I want to paint a picture. Okay. I'll trust you to find some sound effects to fill in. Okay, uh, what, what is this? Be patient. It's a summer evening, and the sun is setting. The sky is alive with color. Silhouetted against the ambers and the blues, you see a bird flying spastically like it is laughing really hard by maintaining its composure just enough to stay in flight. Okay, I, I think I'm there with you. You suspect that it's probably nabbing mosquitoes and other small bugs out of the sky. You walk by a streetlight outside and see a large moth swooping in and out of the light from the lamppost. But the truth is neither of these were what they seemed. Oh man, I think I know what it is. It's me! And, and who are you? I'm a bat. And I just wanted to say, I am so sick and tired of being misunderstood. Well, that's what we are here for. Yeah, we are hoping to help clean up your reputation. Well, good. Because for some reason, people are always screaming when I come around. It's always, ah, a bat. Ah, it's trying to get me. Ah, it's got rabies. Ah, it's probably Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz? Yeah, because he looks like a vampire. Listen, I don't care about your nasty hair. I'm just trying to eat the insects. They're flying all around your nasty. Look, my cousin Vinny got hit with a broom the other day, and while he was limping around, he got picked up by an animal control because some lady thought he was rabid. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why? Because? Richard, shut up. I will explain later. Okay, well, I've got to take off. Catch you later. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. I think a good place to start is listing out some of the biggest myths. Good idea. Um, let's see. Um, all bats have rabies. Bats drink blood. Bats are blind. Bats are pests. Oh, and that bats are rodents. Wait, I thought they were rodents. They are not rodents, actually. Who's that? That is the voice of Liz Dingate, a naturalist and coordinator of education programs at the Minnesota Zoo. 
I spoke with her a couple of days ago to help us bust some of these myths. Devin, have you ever seen Ada Ruins Everything? Yes. Okay. Because I, I love the way he talks about stuff and then like someone comes up and it's like a specialist and that's like what we just did. Smooth. So uh, why aren't bats considered rodents? Bats are mammals, but they aren't rodents. They belong in their own order. Order as in kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species? Right, I always remember that by uh, King Philip couldn't find green socks. Kings play chess on funny green squares. No Popeye's chicken offers free gizzard strips? No, but kangaroos punch children on family game shows. So what order do they belong in? So bats are in an order called Chiroptera. Chiroptera which literally translates to hand wing. And there's about a thousand species or more in that order. Which means that over a fifth of the world's 5,000-ish mammals are bats. Okay, just bats? Yes, just bats. Most of them live in the tropics, particularly on the northern side of South America. But bats range across the globe pretty much everywhere except for the really cold places like the Arctic, Antarctic, and Northern Europe and Asia. Okay, so that, though, isn't so much a myth as just a misunderstanding or misclassification. Right, but that misclassification helps to play into people's fears and disgust with bats as a whole, right? And that's kind of a problem with misunderstanding rodents, too, when you think about it. True, there's just something about bats. There's so many negative things associated with them. Right, like when I say bats, what's probably one of the first things you think of. Rabies. Right. But even that is not true. Right, Liz? It is not true. Um, Yes, it's true that some bats might carry rabies, but it's extremely rare. Um, So I looked at the exact numbers, and according to the CDC, um, only 6% of the bats they've tested have rabies. So according to the CDC... Out of all the bats that get turned in, every single bat that is suspected of having rabies that ends up getting tested, and then that information has to be reported to the CDC. Only 6% of those bats actually have rabies. Um, It is true that um, the most common way for humans to contract rabies is from a bat, but there's only about one case of rabies in humans every year in the entire United States. It's actually somewhere around... 1% in total of the whole bat population that is suspected could have rabies. So everyone's running around cutting off bat heads for no reason. Yes, which is exactly why I didn't want you to mention it to that bat earlier. To test for rabies, you have to check the brain, which means the animal has to be dead. So her cousin Vinny is no longer with us. Yeah. And I should say, of course, if you ever get bit by any wild animal, you should seek some medical expertise. Better to be safe than sorry, but... Speaking of removing the head and rabies, kind of brings us to vampires, naturally. There's even a thing called a vampire bat. But like when I was talking to Liz, she mentioned that vampire bats don't live here in America. Uh, We don't have those here. Uh, There's only three types of vampire bat. Yes, a vampire bat is a real thing. There are bats that do drink blood. Okay, however, I I will add one more thing. So on the subject of vampire bats, there has been some research published lately that explains how, as a mammal, 
they're able to survive on a diet of complete 100% blood. It's a little gross, but it's also incredibly interesting. And I had the opportunity to speak with the researcher behind that, and we'll be talking with her on our episode next week. So we won't get into too much of it right now. Are bats really blind? Uh, so I, I think that, you know, the reason we have that saying blind is a bat is that it is true that a lot of bats have pretty poor vision. Um, so there are some species that can see as well as or even better than people. Especially when you pair that with the fact that they also have echolocation. Echolocation being making really high-pitched sounds. Those sound waves bounce back at you, and it helps form a picture of your surroundings. So not all bats can echolocate, but um, many of them can. So if anything, they've got far superior vision to people. I don't know where the blind as a bat myth really came from. Is it because they fly around at night? or because they look like they don't know where they're going when they fly? Why do bats fly so erratically? That's actually a really good question. I asked Liz, and she said... It partially has to do with the fact that they're echolocating and making micro-corrections to maybe catch tiny little flying gnats and things that we don't even see. And then partially it has to do with the fact that they're able to make those... um, quick, abrupt micro-changes up or down or side to side much better than a bird can. It all has to do with that hand wing. Remember they're in the order Chiroptera, which means hand wing? Have you ever looked at a a bat wing before? Yeah. And it's got, you can see like the bones that are the fingers, right? Just going all the way through the wing and they have their, you know, their little, right, and they've got their little thumbs sticking off the top. Yeah, uh, it all has to do with that. See, a bird, one of the reasons it's able to fly is because their bones are really heavily fused. Not only that, but they're they're hollow and other things, but they're fused, which means less joints, almost less bone, which makes them light and kind of streamlines them for being able to fly. But for being able to fly in pretty much a straight line. Yeah, they can do some loops and some quick maneuvers and things here and there, but they've got really rigid skeletons compared to a bat. A bat is a mammal, and it doesn't have all of those fused bones. It still has all of its joints and things like that, which means that when it's flying, it can make incredibly detailed course corrections. Are bats at all aggressive? No, um, there's there's really nothing to be afraid of as far as bats are concerned, unless you are a mosquito or a moth, and then you should be very afraid of Why do you think that people are afraid of bats? I don't know. I think movement. I don't know. I, that seems to be the source of freaking people out with a lot of different animals. The way they move, you know, think about a spider. Uh. Really, a spider, what's so creepy about a spider other than the way that it moves, right? It's almost like a when you see someone walking through a strobe light, like that kind of movement is really uncomfortable. I don't I don't think that the way bats move is the sole reason that people are afraid of them. It's probably you know, they live in caves in dark places, they make high-pitched sounds, they fly in really big groups. People think they have rabies. I don't know, what do you think? I think a lot of it is the rabies. Because uh, people know how, uh, people know how bad that disease can be, and 
how much it sucks to get a shot for it. Yeah, a lot of animals can carry a lot of very nasty things. I mean, look at armadillos running around with lepers. Yeah, this is a good opportunity. Maybe for a future one of these episodes, we can talk about possums. But did you know that possums, most of them are naturally immune to rabies? Man, they're, they're blamed for that a lot. Right. It's just, you know, another thing. They look kind of gross sometimes. I think they're cute. But it's just another example of being afraid of something for really no reason. You know, once once you realize they're not actually carrying all of these diseases and things, uh, there's not so much to worry about, right? Right. How long do bats live for? Bats? Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. When you think about small mammals... Do you think they live for a long time or a short period of time? Short time. Right, like mice and squirrels and things, right? Like a few years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at most. At most, that's what you would think. Bats, on the other hand, including the little brown bat, they can live for something like 35, 40 years. Holy crap. Yeah. That that's an insane amount of time. But what's even cooler is Um so one little bat that weighs less than an ounce can eat over a thousand insects every hour. Really uh, making it a lot better to camp. Okay. One bat, one single bat, can eat 1,000 mosquitoes or mosquito-sized insects in a single hour. One single bat eating that much, let's say something like four hours a night, over the course of that long lifespan, you're talking upwards of 40 million insects in the lifetime of one bat. That's that's going to like play a crucial role in saving people's crops. Right. Even better, let's say you have a colony of 5,000 bats. That's 219 billion mosquitoes in a in a lifetime. That sounds like a good percent of the world's mosquitoes. Did you know that due to the pest control ability of a bat Bats are calculated to save farmers somewhere around $22 billion a year. That's going back to the Elon Musk thing from earlier. Elon Musk is worth something like $20 billion. Bats save more than the worth of Elon Musk for farmers a year. Just from pest control. That's not including any of the other multitude of things that bats are good for. Like They're actually really important pollinators in tropical areas. So tropical bats pollinate... Things like bananas and mangoes and figs and cashew plants. And are responsible for spreading over 95% of the seeds responsible for for rejuvenating the rainforest. Uh, they also pollinate agave. So every time you drink some margarita, that is thanks to a bat somewhere. Right. Think about a Bacardi bottle. It's got a bat on there. Without bats, we would have no tequila, no margaritas. What threats are bats facing? Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, like many other species out there, um, they're facing a lot of threats depending on where they live in the world. Um, climate change is affecting bats. Probably the biggest threat, um, just because it's so all-encompassing, right? It, it, it changes the, the forest landscape. It changes uh, 
hibernation duration. It changes the number and type of insects that are prevalent. Deforestation is one of the driving causes of climate change. Not all bats live in caves. Many live in trees or under leaves, especially in the rainforest, inside of other types of flowers, all sorts of things. Uh, without that habitat, um, bats are on the decline. Um, in different parts of the world, um, activities like guano mining or um, even hunting bats for bushmeat can be a problem. Uh, but the biggest problem here in the United States is a fungus called white-nose syndrome. One of the biggest threats, especially here in North America, is it was only first documented in North America back in 2007. And that was in the state of New York. Since then, it has made its way to 27 states and five provinces in Canada and has killed at least 5.7 million bats. And that number is rising. White nose syndrome, it's a fuzzy white growth. It's fungus that grows around the nose, you know, on the face of the bats. And essentially what will happen is for some reason... It speeds up their metabolism. And so while they're in hibernation in, in caves, it's easy for all of this to grow because, well, they're, they're hibernating. They're not grooming, right? They're not cleaning themselves because um, they're asleep. <laughs> uh, it brings up their metabolism, and then one of two things can happen. Either it causes them to burn through all of their calories and they die of starvation while in hibernation, or it wakes them up. And when they wake up, they're hungry, they leave the cave looking for food, and which is insects, and it's winter, and there are no bugs, and if they don't die from the cold, they die of hunger. Pretty much, it's something like 90 to 100% mortality in bats, and it's really, really prevalent at these hibernation sites. They're, they're mammals, they hibernate, especially in caves, and if they get this, Sometimes if, if a researcher or someone who's monitoring a cave, you know, finds it, they can, they can do something. Sometimes they can do something to remove the, the growth from the face, but it's a fungus, so it's spread by spores, which are very small and can accumulate a lot before they start really showing. So even if you think you've gotten all of it off, it may still appear later on. Because white-nose syndrome is such a complicated issue, and it impacts, like we said, 27 states and five Canadian provinces. We will include more information about that as well as several links um, in our blog posts associated with this podcast um, just to give you some more information. Try to imagine how different culture would be without bats. It's, it's hard to think about. Yeah, they're part of Halloween... Part of the whole vampire thing. Who isn't into vampires now? Right, right. There's, there's, there's all sorts of stories and fables going back thousands of years. Well, take Batman. Batman, like, how, <laughs> how different would the world be if we didn't have Batman? Uh, not, not that it would be crazy different or anything like that, but it's, it's definitely, you know, that the character has had an influence on culture. If bats weren't around or didn't exist, we wouldn't have any of that. We no tequila. Uh, 
who knows if the rainforest would have would have lasted as long as it has. Um, the the world would be a different place, definitely a much buggier place. I think that a certain line from 2008's A Dark Knight probably could be representative of bats as well, don't you? What's what's the line? Commissioner yeah. Gordon, ending speech, a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Huh? It applies to bats. And now for the animal sound of the week. Last time, a dolphin, which also echolocate just like bats. So it's a tie-in. <laughs> this week is a new animal sound of the week. Send us your guesses on Facebook for a chance to win a prize. Maybe not a great prize, but a prize. A prize. Remember, you can submit your questions for our podcast by sending us a message on Facebook at the Wildlife Blog. Also, if you just go to the wildlife.blog on the front page in a big green box, it says Ask TWL. You can submit your questions along with pictures and all those sorts of things right there too. Score bonus points with us, though, and have the chance to have your voice heard on an episode by sending us a voice message via Facebook Messenger. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is open up Facebook Messenger, press the microphone, not your text-to-speech microphone, but the microphone, and send us a voice file. Instructions on how to do that can be found at thewildlife.blog forward slash podcast. The wildlife is listener, reader, and viewer supported and can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you believe in what we're doing, you can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the wildlife. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the wildlife. When you become a patron, you'll gain exclusive access to content and have the opportunity to appear on our show to ask us your questions or help read the credits. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store and share it with your friends. And while you're there, go ahead and rate it. When you rate it and when you subscribe, it helps boost our viewing ability. As we will do at the end of each of these Myth Understood episodes, we want to highlight some opportunities that you have to either get involved in citizen science, research, conservation, or different organizations that you can help support. There are a lot. So what we're going to do this week is... In our blog posts associated with this podcast episode, we will include links where you can go to learn more, to donate, to help, and a few opportunities that you have as an everyday citizen to get involved in the conservation research science that will help save the bats. <laughs>